Welcome to the Five Degrees to Your Future podcast. Shift your course, transform your life, do more of what you love with Dr. Kathy Hunter. Hello and welcome back. It's Dr. Kathy Hunter with the Five Degrees to Your Future podcast. Hello, everyone. I hope everyone is enjoying January as it flies by. God knows I am, and I can't believe it is almost the end of January. But I wanted to talk about sourdough today because it is something that I have been on quite an adventure uh, with since the summer. Now, I know during COVID, a lot of people, not myself, but a lot of people got into baking because they had a lot of free time and we were at home and all those things I don't really want to think about, but uh, we had time to do things like that. So I know a lot of people got into sourdough baking because it is very intense at times. It does take a lot of uh, upkeep if you've never done it before because I think I took a stab at regular sourdough and what I mean by that using wheat flour I took a stab at that oh I don't know 10 years ago and I think maybe I made a couple loaves of bread and I know somebody had actually given me the starter versus making one myself which we'll get into but about six months ago I have dear friends shout out to Carmen and Steve they got into uh, making sourdough with sorghum flour. And there's a lot of alternative flours. You know, it's it's more mainstream now than it used to be, um, especially now because you can go into Whole Foods or a Lassen's or a Sprouts, at least those we have out here in California, and pretty much pick up anything that can be turned into flour. I remember I saw cauliflower flour, and I thought, huh, yeah, they can turn anything to flour into flour. But sorghum is, I believe it's a uh, grass and, uh, you know, gluten-free. And, you know, there's a big thing over the last, I don't know, 10, 15 years about going gluten-free. Gluten is mainly in wheat, uh, not in other uh, things like sorghum and millet. Those are different types of flours, not in cauliflower either. But a lot of people are either gluten intolerant, meaning that it actually rips up their digestive system and they can get very, very, very ill. There's a disease called celiac disease, and that's when you are super gluten intolerant. You can't even have things that were made in a gluten facility. And I've met a couple people like that, and it's terrible and very painful if they have gluten. And gluten is in a lot of things, not just uh, bread, because think about how many things are made with wheat. crackers, cereals, et cetera, et cetera, pasta. Anyway, so a lot of people get into baking and sourdoughs with alternative flours. So back to Carmen and Steve. So they really got into baking with sorghum and in particularly a sorghum starter. So they were telling me all about it and getting me all excited. And then they told me, hey, if you do it, um, you know, here's the book to read. This lady is the uh, 
expert. She knows what's going on. And her name is Christine Anderson Wiley. And I will put that in the show notes. And her book is Lectin Free Gourmet. And that's a whole other topic that maybe we'll do for another time. Uh, Lectin free. Lectins are compounds in a lot of things, um, including uh, something like tomatoes. But lectins can actually um, rip up your digestive system and, and do a whole host of not nice things to the body. And some people are more sensitive to that, just like some people are more sensitive to gluten. Anyway, so I finally decided I had bought the book and I read the book, oh gosh, maybe six months before I decided to jump in because it's a lot. Because really what sourdough is, it's a living thing, right? So you have to take care of it. It's like a baby. And minus my dog and taking care of myself. I mean, yes, I take care of my husband, Larry, but he's an adult. He can take care of himself mostly, right? I I clean the house and, and help cook and all that stuff. But Um, this is completely dependent on you. And I don't have children, so made me a little nervous (laughs) uh, to do that. But I jumped in and um, started the starter from scratch. And it's interesting because when you do a sourdough starter, regardless of the wheat that the wheat or the the flour you are using, in this case, like I said, I was using sorghum, you actually use what's called native yeast. And that's the yeast that's in the air all around us. And you don't think about that, right? You don't think, oh gosh, there's yeast flying around um, all the time, but there is. And uh, the yeast gets attracted to things like flour and water, and it will start to ferment and it will start to eat. And uh, eventually you'll see bubbles and uh, it's a wonderful chemical process right on your countertop. So I dove in, uh, made my sorghum sourdough starter and I have to make it fun because I have to make everything fun. So I named him, uh, his name is Ned and Ned is still with us. So Ned is uh, over six months old and he's doing very well. In fact, I just put him in the refrigerator and we'll get into that. So Ned was going and I told my friends, Carmen and Steve, and then they brought me a mature starter, one that they had started with the sorghum uh, flour, oh gosh, probably over a year before that. So I named her Clarice. So Clarice is still with us as well. So I have Clarice and Ned. So again, if this sounds completely foreign to you, uh, check it out if you never have. And not to say you have to start baking your own bread, but it is very interesting. Now, the whole thing about sourdough in general is that it is better for you uh, than typical just regular bread that does not have any of the sourdough starter in it. And that includes the wheat part. But again, if you are sensitive or gluten intolerant, if you try sourdough bread that has different alternative flours like sorghum, um, it's one, it won't upset your system. And the thing about sourdough, it has a lower glycemic index. So what that means is that when you eat it, it's not going to spike your blood sugar dramatically 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 versus when you eat a a regular slice of bread so it also because you are using natural yeasts um, allegedly probiotics are in there as well so it helps with digestion and it's overall good for you and if you'll recall from me talking about diets uh, that we do intermittent fasting still and we tend to do the lower carb but after a while you know you get kind of bored and you miss some carbs and because I run and I play pickleball and work out 
um, you know, you, you want a little slice of toast once in a while or something like that. And trust me, you can buy uh alternative flour sourdough bread in any health food store, but it is expensive, much like the flour. So yes, you are saving money if you do it on your own, but it is an adventure. So I started making a batard recipe and it is in um, uh, Christine's book and it's probably the simplest recipe she has and that's fine with, with me because it gets pretty complex. Now, Ironically, before I got into this, I was not much of a baker. I love to cook. I will cook all day long, but I don't really like baking. And I realized I don't like baking because I'm not a big fan of measuring. I like to eyeball things. I like to make things up. And in baking, it is much more a precise chemical reaction. So if you start willy-nillying things and throwing stuff together. I am definitely not experienced like that. Most likely it's not going to turn out very well or very delicious. So you really have to follow a recipe. So that was a challenge for me, but back to, uh, learning new things and keeping yourself sharp. I thought, you know, this is a good challenge. So I started on the batard recipe and, uh, the batard, I guess is the shape, which is just like a domed bread and it gets the shape from going in a Dutch oven and specifically this type of flour. Um, if you don't have a domed, um, Dutch oven where you do put the lid on for a while, uh, you have to use, uh, a pan with, uh, water or ice cubes for steam. So you have to have a steam pan because it will get too dry. But when it's in the Dutch oven, it actually steams itself. Interesting. So I went for the easy way out, but it's still a process. You have to make the leaven the night before. Uh, let, let's even back it up. So, okay, you have your sorghum starter, which I did, and that was great. And you have to feed it. If it is on the counter and not in your refrigerator, you have to feed it every day, just like we eat every day, just like children and my dog eat every day. And I won't get into super details of that because you're on your own. You can read her book. You can get on the internet. It's quite fun. But when you're not using it actively and it goes in the refrigerator and it relatively goes dormant and it can live in there for a long time, but you really should pull it out once a week and feed it. So like I referred to earlier, I just put Ned and Clarice into the refrigerator because I just made some uh, bagels this past weekend. Boy, that was an adventure. Let's just say they're edible. <laughs> kind of interesting. Uh, I would switch up some things next time, but hey, we got some bagels. So I put them in the refrigerator and I'll take them out next week to feed them. But when they're on the counter, you have to feed them. So when you're going to make your bread, you literally have to make the leaven the night before. And the leaven is basically the starter and some flours and milk and honey. And again, I'm sure that depends on the recipe, but the one I followed and you cover it and you put it on the counter and by the next day it's bubbling and ready to go. And then you start mixing the other flours in. Now what's interesting about using sorghum and alternative flours and a note on that, in her recipe for this batard, she uses sorghum starter, and then the actual flour she uses are sorghum and tapioca. Well, my friends, Carmen and Steve, suggested that when I actually start to make it and use the flours, to substitute the sorghum for millet. 
And millet is very interesting because I believe it's a seed. So it is very good for you. So I got some millet flour. I had made a few batards with just the sorghum and the tapioca, and it was delicious. And that's the thing too, when you eat it, even though I love a good piece of bread, <laughs> like really delicious bread. But when you eat this type of gluten-free sorghum uh, sourdough bread, it's like a meal. It's not just like a piece of bread, even though, again, I love bread, but it, it tastes more nutritious. It's definitely more dense, but you just you just feel warm inside and it's wonderful. It's, it's just absolutely filling and delicious and tasty. So it almost feels like a meal in and of itself. So I switched it up uh, per Carmen and Steve's uh, recommendation, and I started using the millet with uh, the tapioca, and uh, it is even better. So that's how I've been making my batard. So back to the uh, intermittent fasting and the lower carb, like I said, I've, I've kind of acclimated back into, I say, society. <laughs> But this is like my way out that I get to have more of the carbs, but it is better for you and less spiking of the blood sugar. And, you know, you don't eat 10 slices a day. Plus, oh my God, you'd be really full because it is very filling. You eat a slice a day, if that, and it's a wonderful accompaniment to a meal. So if you've never checked out sourdough, um, I suggest you do. Oh, and that's the other thing. With wheat, and again, not that I've really made so much of it, when you make uh, the dough, it's, it's, you can handle it. You can knead it. You can throw it around. It's, it's very uh, strong. When you make this uh, sorghum sourdough um, dough with either the millet or the sorghum with the tapioca, it is like a wet, shaggy mess. Uh, there has been a time I almost just threw the whole thing away because it, it, it doesn't want to form anything. It's so very difficult. So I've been perfecting that as well. One time, uh, my husband, Larry, definitely had to save me from a meltdown <laughs> and help me get it into the Dutch oven, and it ended up being delicious. So if you're going to go in the alternative flour realm, just know it doesn't act like wheat. So don't think you're going to be throwing it around the room like you would wheat. So um, my friends, Carmen and Steve, have perfected it and they make baguettes and pizza dough. So I do have a future date plan to go over to their house and watch her in action because she is really a master baker, especially in this gluten-free uh, sorghum sourdough realm. And now she's getting into other things, which we'll save for another day, but she's still doing it. Anyway, check it out. Uh, Christine Wiley Anderson, I'll put the uh, notes uh, to her website and to her book in the show notes. And check it out. Even if you don't make it, if you're going to eat bread, try to eat sourdough bread. Uh, it tastes better, I think. It uh, packs a punch with allegedly more nutrition. And I can say now uh, with myself, I have uh, plateaued where I want to be with my weight and feeling good. And I'm eating this sourdough and I'm not gaining the weight. Now I'm keeping everything else the same. I'm still intermittent fasting. I still work out a lot. I tend to eat very well, but Hey, I'm the perfect example of you can bring back some of these carbs that you like just in a little bit different form. That's better for you. So I'll put the notes in there. Uh, until then, happy sourdough investigating and eating, and um, I hope you check out her book and get into it yourself. So any questions, not that I'm the expert expert, but uh, shoot me a DM. And as always, thank you so much for listening, and until then, take care. 
Thank you so much for listening to the Five Degrees to Your Future podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you never miss a future episode. And please leave a rating for the podcast as well. You can follow Dr. Kathy Hunter on Instagram at Kathy Hunter Glover. And until next time, enjoy the journey.